he has opened up all of his kitchen cabinets. Yes. He's thrown out everything in them. Yes. Plates, cups. Cups. Forks. Senators. Senators. All of them. Secretaries. All the things we keep in cabinets. Everything. Soup. Soup. No soup. Loose soup. No rice. No soup. Was it loose before? No. No, not loose soup. Canned soup. soup. Are you, do you keep loose soup in your cabinet? No, I okay, keep them in a drawer. Just checking. You keep it in the drawer. In drawer. <laughs> you put your loose soup in the drawer. I am Trent Thompson, and I'm Marissa Macy, and this is Pardon Me, a Presidential History Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about. Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. Oh, good old Millard Fillmore. Good old Millie Phil. Mill Phil. Millie Philly. Millie Philly. <laughs> I'm gonna say he and he, so so. Funny Millard, name. Funny name. <laughs> serious sandwich. <laughs> there is also the like conservative-ish uh, comic strip with a duck named Mallard Fillmore. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I don't know where that came from. I don't know how that like. Was it how much was it the name? How much it was it? Uh, I agree with the politics of this. Uh, <laughs> Oldie, old timey politics. Native nativist. It was probably like Millard film. Someone just noodling like Millard yeah. Fillmore, Mallard yeah. Fillmore. Millard oh, Fillmore. what if it was a duck? What well, was what was duck? what were his policies? Yeah. And then going from there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The best quality he had was it was it was not quite sure what he believed. <laughs> I feel like there were two kinds of politicians okay. at the time. Okay. Ones that were like very vocal about their views and right. ones that were like real vague yeah. and didn't really talk <laughs> about it. And um, yeah, it was popular to be the second kind because now the yes. issue of the time is slavery. Yeah. And it's so divisive that you'd rather have a guy yeah. who you're just kind of like, well, we don't really he hasn't said anything yes. that doesn't yes. says this or that. There's, so we can just kind of paint what we need to <laughs> and ignore the problem when. Skipping ahead, <laughs> when they're putting together the ticket yeah. of Taylor and Fillmore, yeah. it's like, Taylor is a slaveholder, but he's never said anything pro-slavery. <laughs> Fillmore uh, claims to detest the institution, but is not an abolitionist. Right. So it's like, this one's milk toast in this way. This mm-hmm. one's kind of waffly mm-hmm. in the other way. So that's what yeah. we call a balanced ticket. That's at the time. Yep. Couldn't be perfectly ba- Co- more balanced. Mm, mwah, perfect. Don't take a stand. Or if you do. Whatever you do, don't take a stand. Please do not take a stand. Um, I beseech you. <laughs> yeah. So Millard Fillmore is one of the least known presidents. Yeah. So when they pull people for uh-huh. like, who are, is this name like conjure anything to you? Yeah, Millard yeah. Fillmore is like almost dead last. Despite um, the comic strip. Huh? Despite the comic strip. Despite the comic strip. I mean, but I feel like I didn't really know about this comic strip. Yeah. I feel like it's like, it might be more niche than at this point. I bet uh, knowledge of like two pages into the funny papers, deep comic strips Mm -hmm. and presidential knowledge are probably a pretty well overlapping Venn diagram. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go back. So let's go back. Find out why he has a funny name. Let's start when he was just a little bitty baby. Little tiny baby. So he was born into poverty in central New York on January 7th, 1800. So he's he's like almost a New Year's Uh baby, new Uh century, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
he was the son of a farming family and it was kind of like a really it was an isolated farm kind of near yeah. where like present where Syracuse is okay. essentially okay. Uh, present day. So his name just comes from his mom's maiden name. Oh, yeah. There's not really a fun story with yeah, it. No. It was actually a common practice at the time yeah. with New Englanders to, yeah, yeah. to use the mom's maiden name. That so, sounds fun. Yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so there's that mystery is solved. That mystery is solved. Do you know what they grew on his family's farm? I don't, but it was not placed very well mm-hmm. and the soil was terrible yeah. and uh, the winters were extremely harsh. Oh. And so they actually ended up losing the land. Oh, boy. Uh, and then they kind of, you know, land owning is like a huge symbol yeah. of status. It yeah. still is. Yeah. And so now, especially at the time, that's like mm-hmm. all. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Well, then they lose the land and then they start having to rent farmland. Oh, yeah. And so that's a huge demotion, yeah. especially at the time. So that sounds horrible. Yeah he, yeah. he learns to farm. He gets a real rudimentary education uh-huh. just a few years outside of like primary school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he apprentices to learn wool carding and cloth dressing. Uh-huh. And he apprentices at a textile mill. Yeah. So that's kind of, his whole childhood is like, yeah, yeah. Just what are you going to do Hard, for work, buddy? Hard scrabble. Mm-hmm. I like that he has some like textile experience. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the nicer things about him. It's fun. I, I like, <clears throat> I always like when a person has a skill mm-hmm. that is like an old timey beer making mm-hmm. or like smithery kind of thing. It just always is a little bit like. It's, kind of, it's just something you're into. Yeah, it's just something I'm into. <laughs> Miller Fillmore was very insecure, mm-hmm. like his whole life. Um, and boy, that's not good for power. No, an insecure <laughs> president is not what we're looking for no, as we, a country. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely like a certain temperament that we would prefer. I mean, we all have insecurities. Of but, course. But I feel like if a main character trait yeah. is like insecurity yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're the president, yeah. like that just, I don't like it. Well, I don't think it's good for America. You know, I'll, I'll sit here. So what I'll say, I think like, for example, uh, John Quincy Adams mm-hmm. had some insecurities. Yeah. But like he fought, he, he overcame them. them. He was fighting yeah. them. He yes. was blah, blah, blah. And whereas, he was aware of them. And, yes. Yeah. Whereas like the Miller Fillmore, his insecurities were more like, they're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm going to do this dumb thing myself. Yeah. He, he was like fighting it all in all the wrong ways, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, at 17 years old, he actually pays to join a private library and this is where he just, he becomes a reader. Yes. He's a, he, he's a pretty well-read individual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, very much self-educated. Mm-hmm. He, he, the mill he apprenticed at mm-hmm. then ends up temporarily closing in 1819 mm-hmm. because of the financial crash mm-hmm. that was going on mm-hmm. at the time. And then he enrolls in a nearby academy. He meets his wife, Abigail Powers, nice. who was his teacher. Oh, that is cool. I mean, she was only two years older. Well, I know, still. but like. <laughs> Hot for teacher. I mean, yeah. I get it. Older woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, two years older. Two, I mean, that's a lot teacher. back then. I mean, well, consider that <laughs> there's guys that are like in their 30s marrying 16 year olds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> two years older is crazy. Yeah. 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 
She was like super well read, yeah, sophisticated. It, like this was a tiny rural town, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you know she 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 stood out as mm-hmm. like being like a real catch, mm-hmm. basically. I love Abigail as an old timey woman's name. Me too. It's really nice. It's like the old timey yeah, woman's name that yeah. I want because it's like we. Get, no offense to anyone named Mary or Elizabeth. Yeah. They're lovely names, played but out. but played out. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> had enough. Sorry. I've had enough. He's gonna be president, sure. so of course he's gonna be a law clerk, like most to. of them do. Yeah. So he, uh, his dad actually arranges him, arranges for him to be a law clerk for a local judge uh-huh. around the same time that he meets Abigail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge he apprenticed for was like the literal worst. Yeah. And so he he starts doing legal work on the side, uh-huh. which is not something you're supposed to yeah. do when you're like apprenticing for yeah, a yeah. lawyer. Yeah. But he just like needed the money. And yeah. and this all kind of like blows up on him and he ends uh-huh. up having to leave. Yeah. Uh, he at the time at the time, I guess he was always six feet tall once he was once grown. he hit <laughs> once he hit it, he probably stayed there. Yeah. So he was six feet tall. He was very handsome and very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. And remember, we're in a small rural yeah. town in New York, yeah. so his ambition is going to stand out. He really stand sure. like yeah, he's yeah. the he's the big man. Yeah, now he's 21. Okay. Few prospects. Great. Uh but then him and Abigail get engaged. Yeah. She stays with her mother for the time being though mm-hmm. cuz then he Ends up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He teaches a little bit of school, oh. begins studying law again. Okay. Uh, after his first year clerking in Buffalo, mm-hmm. he he so impressed the local bar association that they mm-hmm. were like, you know what? Even though you're not the age you're supposed to be. Yeah. Or like, even though you haven't done as much time as you're yeah, supposed yeah. to. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and let you pass. So we're going to make he, an exception yeah. for you. So he was 23 and he is now a legal, legal lawyer. We just... We see a bright future for you. Yeah. Uh, Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. I'm sure his name also just like stuck out on pieces of paper too. Like, who's he? Millard. Everyone else's mm. name like John Smith, you yeah. know. Like, oh, who's this Millard Fillmore? Yeah, ooh, that really rolls off the Everything tongue. Everything runs mm. off the tongue. That man's going to be something. He's going to be something someday. <laughs> so he ends up going to East Aurora where he was the only attorney in town. Wow. And yeah, like <laughs> that's so, a good deal. Okay. So like <laughs> the obvious choice after all of this would to be stay to stay in Buffalo and be a junior attorney yeah. under like an experienced yeah. lawyer and learn more law things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he decides to go to a Mm-mm. town where there's no lawyer. And later on in life, he'll say it's because he was too insecure, yeah. like looking back to yeah. to go to Buffalo. He's like, I'd rather just be the only I, guy. I'd like to be. I found this. I found this pond where I'm the biggest fish. Yes. And I've decided to stay there. Yes. Come on, Abigail. <laughs> jump in the pond with me. Yeah. So, yeah, they they end up getting uh, they end up getting married Mm -hmm. uh, in 1826. They have two kids. Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of info about either of them. They have a boy and a girl Mm -hmm. like a few years after. Yeah. Um, He's not a humorous guy, despite the name. Yeah. He was known for being very serious. Yeah. He was also always drawn to conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh he when he first got interested in politics, mm-hmm. he latched on to the anti-masonic party. Yeah, he was uh, anti-masonic. Yeah. Yes. Uh 
Andrew Jackson was a Mason. We didn't mm-hmm. even, boy, we had so much to say about Andrew Jackson. We didn't even get, we didn't into, even get this. into this. Yeah, but, but he was a Mason. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't want to piss off the Masons because I, similar to, but I'm sure in a different way from Millard Fillmore and a little bit of the conspiracy theorists. Uh-huh. And like, better not. Why, why piss why anyone off? There? Why, why go there? Why go <laughs> there? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so like. But that's not Millard Fillmore. Here's He's, the thing yeah. about the Masons. <laughs> Well, what I think about the Masons is. That's enough about the Masons. <laughs> You're sweating. I'm sorry. I was very. Gosh, I hope they didn't hear us. I get really emotional about that. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. So Millard Fillmore, <laughs> huge conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like, and so this big, is going to be a theme in his He's a big nativist. Yeah. He's um, extremely anti-immigrant. He's bigoted. Extre- He's he is bigoted against people who we really haven't talked about bigotry against yet. Yeah. Like the Catholics. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not a fan of the Catholics. Yeah. Uh, and he like it. There's this wave of and we're our next flashcard will be about the know nothing party. And yeah. we will be talking about the wave of immigration yeah. that has come um, from <clears throat> Ireland, from mm-hmm. like this wave of immigration that has come from Europe yeah. at this time. So, yeah. um, and that'll tie into this, but basically Millard Fillmore, huge bigot. Yeah. Like if you're not like Protestant and yeah. white, then yeah. like he simply does not have does time not for care. You. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a, I want to like run through this fast. Let's do fast. Because he does not have a notable political career. No. Prior to his no. vice presidency, really. Yeah, yeah. So he goes on to serve three terms in the New York Assembly. This mm-hmm. is where he gets his exposure to politics and legislation. Mm-hmm. In 1830, he finally goes to Buffalo, puts on his big boy pants, mm-hmm. and is like, all right, here I am. I'm ready now. Yeah. And he becomes a prominent lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then in 1832, he wins a seat in Congress yeah. in the House of Representatives yeah. under kind of an uncertain political affiliation because the anti-Mason party mm-hmm. is dying. But the Whig party is like mm-hmm. just kind of like it's sort of like a tra- like it's coming up. Yeah. So he's latching onto the Whig party. Yeah. Um, he becomes a protege of Daniel Webster. Oh, good. He's going to come back in this story. Don't yeah. worry. Daniel Webster is an, the old guy sitting alone at the table. Yeah. And it's like, hey, kid, come over to sit next to me. Yeah. And insecure old Millard Fillmore is like, oh, yeah, sure. I'd love to. <laughs> That's about how it went down. Pretty much. Yeah. So put a pin in Daniel Webster. Yeah, Daniel Webster. Oh, that's another one that I could get into. Uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't become president. He didn't become president. So we don't get to talk Is about him. Is he related to the dictionary? I don't know if he's related to the dictionary. Because that's Noah Webster. Yes. No, Miriam Webster? I don't know. That's, that's a big part of why I think we should get into it. Because you're just confused about no. the dictionary. Well, the question is, is he related to the dictionary? Is Daniel Webster related at all to Miriam Webster, the, the I don't dictionary think, person? I think it's Miriam Dash Webster. I think oh, it's it is Noah dip- Webster then, I bet. I think so. Wow. Well, if you, know, if you know the answer, we don't really care. <laughs> don't so care. don't email please us. Don't, please don't email. Please don't slide in this. I, you know what? I like to have a little mystery. And this is it for me. Millard Fillmore has this habit of like, he'll like get elected to Mm -hmm. Congress. And then like, there's like some 
shift in party politics and mm-hmm. he'll be like, you know what? I'm just not going to run for re-election because of like some mm-hmm. moral whatever. Mm-hmm. Then he doesn't. So he doesn't run for election, takes time off, uh, hangs out with his wife and daughter in Buffalo, mm-hmm. takes care of his law practice. But then he runs as a Whig mm-hmm. uh, in 1836, 1838 and 1840, winning mm-hmm. all of those. Mm-hmm. But then he gets tired of it and yeah. tired of Washington, mm-hmm. which is fair. Mm-hmm. And goes back to his law practice mm-hmm. and his wife in Buffalo. And then he doesn't run again in 1842, despite the fact that it would have been like a shoe in, yeah. like he would have won it. So mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, ah, I'm just tired of it. Fear of th- fear of success. Yeah. Yeah. Fear of success. That's yeah. his problem. 1844. He mm-hmm. starts to seek. Okay. So it's like, this is where, this is where I'm just like, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. what are we doing, dude? Yeah. 1844. He starts to seek, the Whig nomination for vice president. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'd make yeah. a good vice president. I would be a good vice president. Based on what, dude? He's not like he served in he's not served served in the Senate. Yeah. He's never won a statewide yeah. race. He was never governor of New York. Right. He's not like he 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 has had an insignificant yeah. political career. He's not a big guy in the Whig party. No. At all. He's a northerner. Yes. But he is he's not, not anti-slavery. He's not anti-slavery. So so, so that's different from, from being, being pro-slavery. <laughs> he's just not specifically said anything yeah. publicly that's yeah. anti-slavery. So yeah. Clay is the presumptive nominee yeah. and he does end up being the Whig nominee. Mm-hmm. And so in his mind, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I would be a great balance for Henry Clay because mm-hmm. I'm anti, not anti-slavery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Clay kind of has some like character issues. Yeah. Um, and he needs, you know, a northerner to balance them yeah. out would be great. And yeah. Fillmore's not wrong about all this, but like uh-huh. it's not him. Yeah. It's not him. Yeah. So, but he kind of gets into the mix a little he's bit like, here. He's looking through the job announcements and he sees something. He's like, I would be perfect for that job. Yeah. But that that's not how you they, don't have they, the experience or the connection. But they buddy. don't feel that way. You yeah. Know? Just because you can be like, oh, I love to do this and this and this. But that doesn't mean you're who's going to. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. I mean, but outside of New York, he's pretty he's much full. insignificant. Yeah. He, no one knows him. He doesn't get the VP mm-hmm. nomination mm-hmm. and he's much more plausible as governor. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to run for New York governor. Good. That's my next move. Plan. I really want to be vice president. Yeah. Weird choice of what to be. Uh, you haven't even run for Senate. Like, what yeah. the heck are you doing? Why is this? Like, I don't get, yeah. like, that's what I don't, I'm like, you what haven't is? even done the stuff. You didn't even want to stay in Washington to serve out your, your like, mm-hmm. to serve your district. He has an inferiority complex. Uh, yeah. Well, and- Obviously. But then, like, his, yeah, his response to his insecurity is like, mm-hmm. "I'm going to go for like a the vice position. presidency." Yeah. Like, yeah. W- uh, okay, vice president. Still, at this time, yeah. other than the fact that Harrison died and John Tyler ends up, you know, taking that was like a freak thing that yeah. happened. So you're like, so "Oh, that's definitely not going to that's not going to happen again." And um, people realize, like, "Oh, we need to have someone as the vice president mm-hmm. who's like actually aligned with the president." Mm-hmm. Um, in case that happens, but case. that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And so the vice presidency at this time is still very much like mm-hmm. a not 
big role mm-hmm. um, as it kind of remains to this day. But mm-hmm. it, it's certainly not seen as a stepping stone into the presidency mm-hmm. still. Um, but anyway, he runs as governor of New York and he mm-hmm. loses pretty big. It's very embarrassing for him. Mm-hmm. And then Clay Aww. loses the presidential election. Aww, he would have lost either way. To Polk. Yeah. To Polk, so yeah. either way, he, he was a loser. He would have been a loser. <laughs> no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And during this um, run for governor, uh-huh. he writes a letter to uh, the anti-Catholic and anti-immigrant American Republic Part- Republican Party, oh. indicating that he supported mandata- mandatory Protestant Bible readings in schools. Yeah. The letter was never published, but this is like just another case of him making his views like really clear. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so at schools at this point, they do have like, Bible, the mm-hmm. Bible being mm-hmm. read, the Protestant Bible being read. Right. Uh, and then people who try to start their own schools that are Catholic, that's considered private, has to be right. privately funded. So we're setting a nice, nice precedent of schools being indoctrination places. Mm. Mm. I love that for schools. We love that for schools. We love it. Love to see it. Mm. Yay. I hope that'll turn out okay in the future. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure the schools will be awesome. I'm sure. And teaching all the things they should all be teaching. The things they should be teaching. Yep. What, knowledge is misery. Knowledge is misery. Now that I know all that I know, I can't unknow it. I, that's a great shirt. Yeah. That's a great bumper sticker. Yeah. That's great. Knowledge that. is misery. Yeah. Knowledge is misery. So after his defeat as governor, uh-huh. uh, Fillmore goes back to Buffalo to practice law. Mm-hmm. And now he's a little more embroiled in politics. He mm-hmm. kind of becomes a little bit of a civic leader in New York, mm-hmm. uh, part of kind of. He's not really, he's not in New York City, so he's not in the, like, New York political machine like mm-hmm. we saw with, like, Van Buren. Yeah. Um, but he is part of the, like, he's part of New York politics for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, he blames his loss of governor on the mm-hmm. Catholics. Of course. Even though it was his bigotry that alienated them right. as voters. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Catholics in yeah, New York in at New the York. time, the immigrants that have come there. Mm-hmm. So... It loses him the election. Yeah. And then the same with abolitionists. He's blaming abolitionists, uh-huh. even though he's the one that alienated them. He's like, yeah. it's all the Catholics and the and the abolitionists' fault. Yeah. They didn't vote for me. They messed me up. But then yeah. meanwhile, he's like literally being like the yeah. worst to them. Yeah. And then he's like, why do you hate me and not vote why? for me? Exactly. He's just like, he's, he's that kind of way. like a wrong side of history kind of guy. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> In 1847, he accepts the Whig nomination as state comptroller. Oh, comptroller. Yeah. Yeah. So then he symbolically sells all of his law books. He's like, I'm a lawyer no more. I'm a man of politics. (laughs) He symbolically sells them. I mean, he actually sells them, but Uh, for symbolic reasons. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad syntax. I'm sorry. (laughs) He pretended to sell them? He's like... I'm going to give you this scarf that represents my law books. Bury it at the crossroads. <laughs> I don't know. Um, right. Yeah. He closes his law office. He closes his law office. Moves to Albany. <sighs> That's the seat of government. Just for comptroller? It's a pretty good job. Yeah, but okay. Whatever. It's a good position for him, apparently. He oh. was good at it. Wow. But he really couldn't shake that, that itch. Oh, you know that itch that comes that VP itch that that like 
I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe I should go into national politics. Maybe I should go into national politics. I, know, I really disliked my time in Washington. Yeah, but that was different. This will be yeah, different. It'll be different. This will be different time. now. I know what to do better now. I'm yeah. a different person. I'm different. I'm state comptroller. I'm not different. <laughs> I'm a totally different person. I would never do those things again. I will completely do those things again. <laughs> so then he's he's not an elected official when the war with Mexico comes around. So yeah. we talked about this in the uh, Taylor episode, yeah. the Zachary Taylor episode. Mm-hmm. So he's just like a bystander. He's the leader of the new, he was kind of a leader in the New York Whig party. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, as a private citizen, he was against the war, which mm-hmm. most Whigs were. That was yeah. just the Whig thing. So all yeah. normal there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Zachary Taylor gets nominated for the Whig party uh, in the 1848 election, mm-hmm. talked about him. Sure. And it was a priority not for, basically they were like, let's not make the mistake we did with John Tyler yeah. and nominating yeah. him as vice president under Harrison because John yeah. Tyler was like shunned from his party. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. just like, we just need a Southerner That's to balance it out. That's yeah. all we need. And so they got, the John, body. they got John Tyler. Yeah. If you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend yeah. it because it is a train wreck. <laughs> It's the biggest train wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, we need someone who's like, maybe we shouldn't just like grab a random Southerner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Well, and Millard Fillmore does follow a lot of like wig ideals as far as like banking and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Tariffs. Yep. Fun stuff. Economic projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, listen, if there's one thing I'll give him, uh, internal improvements. He was lo- he loved internal he improvements. He loved to improve. And I love internal improvements. I do too. So that's one thing I have in common with Miller I have Miller one Fulmer. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, he he ends up being the VP yeah. nominee. Yeah. Because he has this like now, I mean, we, we're laughing at state com- state comptroller, but he's uh-huh. doing a good job. He's yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, And he kind of had put himself in. A, he was in the mix a little bit with. Yeah. uh clay in the 1844 election so he's a solid party regular Mm -hmm. he's from new york which is a very like it it is a foil to taylor like Mm -hmm. taylor who's from originally from virginia Mm -hmm. but he's a tennessee guy but he's like he's more Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. southern wig kind of vibe taylor gets nominated Mm -hmm. uh and fillmore who's not actively anti-slavery yes makes it real easy for them there's they can tell the northerners one thing and the southerners Uh another thing yeah easy peasy Easy peasy. there we go yeah zachary taylor wins as we all know as we all know and now millard fillmore yeah becomes the vice president yeah so he just kind of like happened to have the right politics and be from the right place and Yeah, well, I mean, listen, he didn't express opinions because he wasn't in office, and yeah, that's one of his biggest qualifications. That's true. So, yeah, hey, listen, you don't know. You never know what's going to make you vice president. You never know. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. <sighs> that's right. Yeah. As vice president, Abigail mm-hmm. stays behind in Buffalo uh-huh. for the majority of his yeah. time as vice president. Yeah. She suffers various ailments. Mm-hmm. She's an ailment girly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he came to the vice presidency kind of as an unknown. Yeah. He'd never even met Zachary Taylor. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they were like, oh, hey, hey, nice to be meeting you finally. Yeah. <laughs> he said, 
Because <laughs> they didn't like go on the campaign trail. No, 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 no. And no, certainly no, not together. No. No. Mm-mm. Back then, it wasn't popular to campaign for yourself. Right. It was considered audacious. Or it was just, you didn't do it. And you weren't like bald buddy buddy with your no. VP. No. So no. instead of Fillmore as a yeah. confident, confidant, yeah. confidant. Uh, he, he actually like is is cozying up with this other New York guy, uh-huh. uh, Senator William Henry Seward. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, and so they're, they're, they're like rivals. Yeah. They're rivals in, in New, New York. York. Yeah. Zachary Taylor gives a lot of the patronage positions away without considering, uh, Millard Fillmore, which is, you know, not, not great. But also know. it's not like totally uncommon at the time. No, like, but it it's <laughs> whose side are you on? <laughs> I'm not on anyone's no, side. I'm just me. saying that, you know, yeah, yes. Millard Fillmore gets kind of like shunned out of the yeah, inner yeah, circle. Yeah. yeah. But also the vice president, with some exceptions, mm-hmm. was not usually part of the inner circle. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Millard Fill. <laughs> He was so hurt that for that time he was Miller Fillmore. <laughs> he was feeling more. He was feeling more. Um, I think that, you know, he probably thought, okay, if I become vice president, then mm-hmm. I, I, I earned a seat at like the right hand of the president. But I don't think that's actually true. No. I think being the vice president like gets you an invitation to the party, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to do that. And he didn't. Wow. He didn't want to put he, it in the air. He didn't want to well, do that. Here's the thing. Yeah. He 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 was not aligned with Taylor on Mm-mm. anything. Mm-mm. They were both Whigs and yeah. like as far as far as like basic Whig mm-hmm. ideas, like internal improvements, et cetera, mm-hmm. they were aligned. But yeah. when it came to the big issues of mm-hmm. Taylor's presidency, mm-hmm. uh, like with California and the Fugitive Slave Act, mm-hmm. uh, Fillmore was not aligned with Taylor. No. So why on earth would Fillmore, who's an unknown, who's just the vice president, yeah. be invited into the party? Uh, it was uh, time to pout. Well, and you're like, and now you're friends with the other New now Yorker. Now you him? Here comes. It's the 4th of July fourth- <laughs> weekend. Okay. I got to I gotta set some stuff up first. Oh. Before we have 4th of July. Sure. Of course. Okay. You got to get a permit? You, we got to get a permit. Yeah. We got to clear the lawn. The brush. Yeah. We got to we make gotta- yeah, we got to water it down. I have to set up mm-hmm. before 4th of July, uh-huh. the compromise of 1850. Oh, yeah. And some tents and picnic blankets. And some tents and picnic blankets. Okay. It begins as an omnibus bill by none other than Henry Clay. Yes. Okay. This is to deal with what to do about slavery mm-hmm. in all the newly acquired territory mm-hmm. in the wake of the mm-hmm. Mexican-American War. Mm-hmm. So... We talk about this mm-hmm. in the Texas episode. We talk about this in the Taylor mm-hmm. episode. Um, this is just kind of a continuation of this yeah. conversation. It's an appeasement to the Southerners, to yeah. the slaveholders. Yeah. And what's going on that is making this more complicated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than just what are we going to do with all these territories mm-hmm. is that there is immediate uh, demands for immediate action from California. Mm-hmm. We talk about this in the gold rush episode mm-hmm. to be a state because yeah. there's gold, there's a huge influx yeah. of population yeah. and it is pretty much a foregone conclusion that California will enter the union mm-hmm. as a free slate, as a free state. Yes. So um, 
There's also increasing threats from Texas to mm-hmm. invade the New Mexico territory. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a northern opposition to the public sale of enslaved people in D.C. Yes. And there's also dissatisfaction in the South with the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793, which yes. basically, according to Southerners, doesn't have enough teeth. They'd like and to make it stronger. They would love to make it stronger. <sighs> yeah. So it's just not a strong mm-hmm. enough act for them. Mm-hmm. So this is turning into a hot, hot mess. Hot, Something hot mess. does need to be done for sure. sure. So Henry Clay comes in with these eight resolutions. Sure. And he presents them on January 29th, 1850. Yeah. Okay. So first one, new fugitive slave law. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be stronger. Oh, boy. Okay. Is it going to be strong? We'll come back to we'll that. We'll come back to it. But Second thing. Yeah. Organization of the new territories without any restrictions on... Or conditions on the subject of slavery. So it's yes. basically like you can all be um, like, we're going to organize these new territories, but we're not going to say anything about slavery. Yeah. So we're and not going to we stop you. Right. Yeah. And in fact, we can't stop you. We can't stop you. Yeah. Third thing, federal assumption of debt from the Republic of, former Republic of Texas yeah. from when it entered the union yeah. from the war. $10 million worth of debt. It's a lot. Which is a lot. It's a big And yeah. the Northerners are going to be paying this yes. in equal amount to the Southerners totally. for something that doesn't help them at all. Right. Yeah. Fourth thing, um, to abolish slavery in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. while retaining it in Maryland, mm-hmm. unless the people in Maryland want to get rid of slavery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, they also are going to, like, in that, within that, mm-hmm. stop the public sale of enslaved people in D.C. Yes. Yes. Now, it will just continue other places. Yeah, it just won't be in public. It won't be in public in D.C. And if anything, all that will do is will remove a very unsightly reminder of the cruelties exactly. of slavery. Exactly. So it's not really a victory for the no. North at all. Then five, we have Congress would promise to never interfere with interstate mm-hmm. slave trade. Mm-hmm. Six, California as a free state. Yeah. Seven, Texas boundary would be resolved yeah. in favor of New Mexico. Yeah. And eight, no slavery in the New Mexico territory. Okay. Okay. So those are the eight things. Yeah. Now, very one-sided, favors the South heavily. Yes, absolutely. All right. Now. Now we can have 4th of July. Now it's time That's for 4th of July. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Yes. Like, they're argue- they've been arguing it this for is months. Being, yeah. This is being pushed. And the president at that time is Taylor. Yes, all Taylor, one bill. Who, Taylor, who has very strong opinions. Yeah. Taylor He would, was not in favor of this compromise, by yeah, the way. Not at yeah. all. Taylor, okay. In the same way that Jackson said that he himself would go to like defend the Union during the nullification yeah. crisis, Taylor says the same thing about yeah. like the border of New Mexico and Texas, you know. He has a similar sentiment of whatever whatever else he may believe, he wants the union to stay intact. Yes, for sure. Yes. For sure. So uh, um and Fillmore, I will add, as vice president, had mm-hmm. told Taylor that he was in support of the compromise of 1850 and he's the one who would break a tie. Yeah. And he was like, listen, if I have to break a tie, like I'm totally like gonna vote against what you wanna do. Yeah. Like so just so his, you know. Yeah, just letting I'm just letting you know that I will go against you. He's like, this is the small amount of power I have that I probably won't even be able to use because I I probably won't go to a tie. That is. Yeah. okay. I just want to say this is possibly a little bit off topic, but like. The fact that he had to tell Taylor that says a lot about him. 
It does. Because if he was if he was conniving, uh-huh. he would not give him preparation. Right. He would only reveal that information when it was necessary. But right. that's not what he is. No, no, no. He has a tiny little bit of power and he has to let him know. Yeah. I have this little bit of power. And yeah. if I get a chance to use it, I absolutely will. Taylor's like, okay. okay. And I'm sure Millard in his mind is like, look, I'm just being honest. Like he's telling him. But I'm just no. being honest. I'm just being honest. I uh, wouldn't be so. I hope they represent you as a duck in the future. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it takes the Wilmot proviso totally off the table, yeah. which was which was basically going to say no slavery in these new territories. Yeah. So that was out the window. Yeah. Um, and it also throws the Missouri Compromise out in the trash. Yeah. In the garbage. Yeah. So debates are raging. Yeah. And on July 10th, Millard Fillmore takes office in the middle of all of this. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love it for Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing he does, Trent, when he gets in the (laughs) office? So the first thing he does when he gets in office is he he goes to the cabinet. Mm -hmm. He just opens the cabinet door Mm -hmm. and he goes, you're all fired. Mm -hmm. Every single one of you. You are all mean to me. And now I'm the president, and now I'm going to be mean to you. You are fired. I don't care that the president just died. Not the point. Not the point. Not at all. The point is that my feelings are hurt. I'm alive, and I'm the president now. Also, I would like it if y'all would stay on and work for another month. Just while I get everything, you know, to transition through. But to be clear, you are fired. You are fired. And they were like... I'm going to leave right now. I'm, we're going to leave now. We're all going to leave right now. And they all went to TGI Fridays and just really tied one on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like the stupidest thing that's maybe like one of the stupidest moves you could make. Um, it's the first time and the last time that's happened where yeah. a vice president taking over the president has just yeah. like fired the whole cabinet. Yeah, yeah, Usually yeah. there is a, uh, at least temporarily, Yeah. Um, they try to, take you know yeah usually keep you it would, things how they are yeah, yeah usually you would want to have some people other than you know some people to be mm-hmm. there doing mm-hmm. the other stuff um but he didn't have that he didn't have a secretary of war no secretary of war treasury none of them none of them no one and uh, and it's like the metaphor is basically he he has opened up all of his kitchen cabinets yes he's thrown out everything in them yes plates cups cups forks senators Senators, all of them, secretaries, all the things we keep in cabinets, everything, soup, soup, no soup, loose soup, no rice, no soup. Was it loose before? No, no, not loose soup, canned soup. soup. Are you, do you keep loose soup in your cabinet? No, I keep them in a drawer. Just checking. You keep it in the drawer. drawer. (laughs) You put your loose soup in the drawer. (laughs) Otherwise you open up the cabinet, the soup falls out. He takes everything out of his cabinets, turns around, and then now he's going to make dinner. It's time for dinner. Time for dinner. Oh, I'm hungry. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, there's nothing in my cabinet. There's nothing in my cabinet. Yeah. It is late at night. Yeah. I don't have anywhere to go. I got to figure uh-huh. something out. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What he's going to do is he's going to make terrible decisions. Oh, we all do that late at night when we're hungry. <laughs> when we're hungry. Okay, so a little fun thing happens mm-hmm. oh. with this empty kitchen. It's empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Governor Bell from Texas yeah. had sent a letter to the now deceased Taylor. He didn't know. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. Yeah. There was a time gap. Yeah. He is demanding that the United States recognize Texas's just like absolutely bonker claims to much of New Mexico. Governor Bell is like, dear Zachary Taylor, 
I am going to take over all of New Mexico with my army. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Now, if Zachary Taylor had still been alive, he would have been like, mm, that's cute. Yeah. That's not going to happen because he was familiar with Texas. He's yes. familiar with New Mexico. He knows the territory. He knows military he know, stuff. Yeah. He, he knows, knows what their army looks like. He knows Governor Bell doesn't have a pot to piss in. Yeah. No, I mean, he doesn't have the, the, the men to send. He doesn't have the men to send. He doesn't have the men to send. And Fillmore gets this letter. But he's a very different man <laughs> than Zachary Taylor is. With no like, military experience. What? I just fired my entire cabinet, Governor Bill. Governor and Bell. now we're going to have a war? You think? What? Uh, I, I really wish I hadn't fired my secretary of war. <laughs> you probably did say that. Yeah. He's like looking around. Uh, uh, no secretary of war. Yeah. No secretary of the yeah. interior. Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, he decides he's going to take action, which Uh-oh. is definitely what you should do when you have mm-hmm. no advisors mm-hmm. and no experience and, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with a, a crisis. Right, um, right, right. You should just do what you do think is a good idea, yeah. what feels good in yeah. your body. Taking an action is always a bad idea if you're Millard Fillmore. <laughs> yes. Uh, your best exactly. bet is to stay still. Mm-hmm. I mean, we prefer if you weren't a doer. We would prefer if you were more of a, yeah, thinker. A thinker. Yeah. So he basically, uh, it's complicated what exactly happens, but he like sends troops to New Mexico Mm -hmm. uh, to deter Texas from going in, which wasn't necessary to do. Yeah. And then he also gives Texas essentially everything it asks for. Mm -hmm. And then um, it, this whole thing that he does messes up that bit at the, in the compromise of 1850. Mm That he was in favor for, uh, yeah. by the way, um, about the Texas-New Mexico issue. Mm-hmm. So, so he he refuses to submit the proposed New Mexico Constitution to Congress. Mm-hmm. He just and, holds on to it. Yeah, he just he's just like, I'm not we're not doing this. I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it. Oh. And, and, and then he doesn't tell Congress what to do. Yeah. Congress is like, what do you want us to do? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm Miller Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And then he. Just kind of forgets he's commander in chief, yeah. I guess. He's and in charge of the has U.S. Army. An army. Told, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so this, yeah, this issue yeah. ends up killing the bill that yeah, Henry yeah, yeah. Clay has been working on for months. Yes. Oh. The bill's now dead. Poor Henry Clay. I know. I know. But he's kind of a. He takes it well. He Oh, he takes it terribly. Oh. Yeah. Not surprised. He throws up yet. his hands and he's leaves like, before uh, the session's over. Uh. He's I'm like, going home. Never mind. I'm going home. Kentucky. Huh? Kentucky. I don't know. I yeah. Think so. Kentucky. I think so. I don't know. He's that sounds right. You know, Henry Clay, congratulations. Yeah. You did all the things that you did. And 200 years later, two queers who basically do nothing but think about presidents kind of think you were from Kentucky. <laughs> so I hope you're happy. I'm not even sure. We refuse I'm, to read a biography about you because you didn't become president. We will never learn about it so you. So desperately, We're so de- I do want to know more about him. But there's uh, now this this like broken bill on the ground. Oh, it's like shattered. It's all shattered. It was like a plate, and it fell, and it it's like, like, yep. And then there's a guy who 
I was like, wait, I can do something with this. Here, I can work with this. I can work with this. I have an idea. And that guy's name is? Stephen A. Douglas, Democrat from Illinois. Yeah. Okay. He's a senator. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? I can pick up these broken, shattered pieces from pieces. the ground. So he picks up these shattered pieces and yeah. he's like, you know what? I think I could get each piece passed uh-huh. at a time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, if we put these through one little quarter or one little bit at a time, one little mm-hmm. rule at a time, mm-hmm. all we'll need is one northerner or one southerner to flip over. And if they're going through piecemeal as opposed to all together, it doesn't have to be the same senator for each one. Right. Exactly. You know? So it's like we're gonna we're gonna get this thing through like by hook or by crook. Yep. And so in the little crevices. He just gets them through. Yeah. And so, but then the only things that favor the North in this mm. so-called compromise. Yeah. Is California as a free state. Which was again, we it's gonna happen. It was gonna happen. It's barely anyway, yeah. it's not really any you're not giving us anything. Yeah. And uh the closing of the public slave trade in DC. Which, which is, is largely symbolic because now it basically was a visual reminder. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, it, to a lot of people, it was not even, they weren't even thinking of it like, this is an atrocity. They're like, this is mm. just an eyesore. Yeah. This is a reminder. Yeah. You know, so yeah. now this is going to just happen somewhere else. Now it's happening. And now you don't have to think about and, it. Yeah, exactly. Fillmore yeah. signs all these into law. Yep. All these bits. Well, including. Yeah. Uh, the Fugitive Slave Act of no. 1850. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to sign these out a lot. Now, if Taylor hadn't died, yeah. that I mean, the bill would have died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have pocket, yeah. pocket vetoed or yeah. it wouldn't have had, I think, enough support yeah. to be for the veto to be yeah. overruled. Yeah. So because um, it was so hotly debated, yeah. whether it would have even gotten to his desk is still like up for yeah. discussion. Yeah. Um, but the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 mm-hmm. is like has to be one of the worst yeah. bills that has ever been on the books. It's it. Yeah. It, the fugitive slave act of 1850 now makes it so that if a northerner aids, abets a fugitive slave at all, they can be penalized like a thousand dollars. And that could be like and a person time. shows yeah. up at your door and you give them a glass of water. Yeah. If a, a person is accused of being a runaway slave, mm-hmm. they do not have habeas corpus. They're not mm-hmm. allowed to speak in mm-hmm. court. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you literally, the judges yeah. would, if they ruled against the claimant, yeah. um, thus setting an enslaved person free, yeah. they got a $5 fee. Right. But if they ruled in favor of the enslaver, they got a $10 fee. Right. And the justification for this was, well, it takes... It takes more paperwork if you are ruling this way. So it should it should be uh paid. They should be paid more, but yeah. that's bullshit. No. no. You know, um, it's very clear what, what way they would like these cases to be ruled. This act creates the first national system of law enforcement. Yeah. Uh federal marshals could mm-hmm. be fined a thousand dollars if they failed to use all proper means yeah, to yeah. diligently execute the law. People so are, are given all these powers to call in the militia. To recruit people, yep. uh, it's it's really a uh, it, the thing about this bill is that everyone that was other than enslavers, yeah, were like no matter whether you were an abolitionist or mm-hmm. like slightly anti-slavery or mm-hmm. just didn't really care, mm-hmm. people were like, 
this is really bad. Like, well, not only is this un like the opposition to this bill mm-hmm. was very diverse. Yeah. People had many reasons to oppose yeah. it. Um, one of which being that it was straight up unconstitutional. Yeah, yeah. And Fillmore um literally never mm-hmm. showed any hesitation in signing it. Yeah. He didn't question yeah, it. Yeah. He lit- he was actually spent his yeah. The main thing he did as president was make sure this got enforced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people were really pissed off. Yeah. Like, and this was causing, this caused so many terrible things to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the fact that you cannot testify mm-hmm. if you are to, even if you're a legally like free. Yeah. There's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You could be someone who's kidnapped mm-hmm. it, 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 you, you vaguely look like so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're taking you a, back. A person could send people to go, to go reclaim people mm-hmm. that had never seen that person. They're Correct. just going ba- based on yeah. a description. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if nothing else, the people in the North do not appreciate basically being forced yeah. to do the will of people in the South. Correct. At the very least. I mean, I, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's a human rights atrocity on so of many course. levels. And like there were over 150,000 free black people living in the North yeah. at the time. Yeah. And this automatically, like no matter what your political affiliation mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. just creates this massive amount of distrust yeah. um, and suspicion yeah. um, from both sides. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's just really, really bad. Yeah. Fillmore never ever in any writing in in conversations that are recorded and Uh letters about it Mm -hmm. expressed any reservations about the ramifications of this law like i don't know if he was just stupid Mm. or he just didn't care or if he was just like making a point he's like i signed this into law and Mm -hmm. so i'm going to enforce it i don't care if it's unconstitutional i don't care if it hurts people Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if everyone hates it, except yeah. for the only people who liked it were Southerners. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> he's from New York. Yeah, I, 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 this like is so messed up. It's this time and it's this time period where no one wants to spend any money on anything that's going to benefit other people, and you're like you're you're spending a lot of money in order to appease Southerners in continuing this practice that benefits them financially. It was an appeasement of the South on so many levels. And it, it, this was, these were many fugitives in the North were, were not even Mm -hmm. like, they weren't recent arrivals. These are people who've been there for over 10 years that are now being kidnapped and taken mm-hmm. back into the south mm-hmm. some people who were never even in slavery in the first enslaved yeah, yeah. in the first place yeah. born into a free state yes born into yeah. a free state um and were being kidnapped saying that they were you know um yeah. but this was something that was happening all over yeah and um in many ways and yeah. it was galvanizing people in the north mm-hmm. uh against the south yeah. and this 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 mm-hmm. thing here mm-hmm. is something that is very much directly the cause of the civil war. Absolutely. Like obviously it's this long thing that yes. has been building, has been yes. building, but the compromise of 1850 mm-hmm. going through the way it did yeah. Northerners feeling like, Hey, like we asked for some stuff here mm-hmm. in this so-called compromise mm-hmm. that we just didn't get. We got two things, both of which are just kind Crap. of BS. Yeah. And the South is just getting a, 
they're just giving the South everything they want, appeasing the South, appeasing the South. And this law in particular is something that everyone's just like, hey, no, this is like totally not okay. We don't want to be told what to do. No, I mean, uh, like, I mean, it is disheartening. Of course, it's disheartening to read that like majority of the people were not opposing it because it was like causing like absolute terror and violence against black people. Um, There are many were many people who were against it for those reasons. But for the most part, it was about the unconstitutionality to be told what to do, having to participate, having to appease to the South, feeling like they got jilted with the compromise of 1850. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, this is where we see the strengthening Mm -hmm. of the sectional like mm-hmm. fight mm-hmm. Um, that is very soon mm-hmm. going to lead to war. Yeah. I mean, we're less than 10 years out now Yeah, at this point. Yeah. yeah. We've got two more presidents. Yep. Until Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. So <sighs> thank you, Millard Fillmore. Thank you, Miller, for that. Um, there were, the he, he actually, like, I don't, I don't want to get into that these cases are really complicated sure. that happened as a result of this act, Fugitive Slave Act. Yeah. But um, the book we read covers them really well, mm-hmm. um, and that'll be linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But there's this, um, Fillmore kind of fights really mm-hmm. hard to make sure that People are going to court and mm. like there there was a treason trial at one point mm. and riots start happening in Boston. Yeah. I mean, there's there is like legal action being taken mm. to try to defend this law and mm. there's, you know, riots happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is like a huge yeah. point yeah. in history yeah. where there's injustices happening yeah. People are mad. Yeah, yeah. You know, for various reasons. I mean, yeah. When yeah. when the Constitution was ratified, you know, the the people who were enslavers was is it was not something that a lot of people had access to. Right. It was something just kind of ignored and pushed mm-hmm. aside. Mm-hmm. And now what is actually happening is is people who uh people who are enslavers are demanding this institution must be respected like any yes. other business. Yes. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Um yeah. So Fillmore beyond this, yeah. Um, this that was a huge part of his presidency. But beyond that, yeah. you know, he was a big manifest destiny guy, mm-hmm. um, big on uh, but playing that out via like economic improvements. So yeah. internal improvements, economic projects. Common among the Whigs, he was in favor of a railroad. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do stuff in the Great Lakes region. He wanted a mint in San Francisco. Oh yeah. Um, and so a lot of these things don't go through during his time, but he, these are kind of like these are things that are being set up. They're going to kind of like pay off later. Yeah. You know, obviously he was deeply bigoted in his policies. Yes. Yes. An example of this, <laughs> other than the Fugitive Slave Act, obviously. Right. Um, is that he supported this proposed treaty with Switzerland yeah. that would allow Americans and the Swiss to mm-hmm. conduct business in either country. Yes. But only Christian Americans. Right. So if yes. you, it specifically yes. prohibited Jews from yes. conducting business or visiting S- Switzerland. Yes. Um, it was like very explicit. Miller film, here's the thing. I... In the past, we've had some really horrible guys. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Who, but who that have accounts of individuals who liked them. Mm-hmm. So, with Millard Fillmore, 
it's more like he was just the bigoted part. Yeah. Like he just was straight up bigoted. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people that do things uh, that, you know, are bigoted and, and, and they make excuses and uh, they decide that the way they do it isn't actually as bad or whatever mm-hmm. justification mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. tell themselves. But with Millard Fillmore, it was straight up like, I don't like Catholics. I don't like Jews. Yeah. He just. I don't like Masons. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, I just don't, I don't like them. And I don't like them. We just. We shan't have them. We should not have them. It's just horrible. Yeah. He He's like the worst. And I just feel like there's just also a lack of like deep introspection with yeah. him. Um, yeah. So I feel like the most positive thing uh-huh. that he did uh-huh. as president that had a lasting impact. He had this initiative uh-huh. um, to send uh, Commodore Perry to Japan. Uh-huh. At the time, Japan was extremely closed off yeah, to outside trade. Yeah, they they, they were, it, it, it was very closed. They were real isolated. It was extremely isolated. And they wanted to be that way. Yeah. But they, ooh, but they were located in a place that was a good refueling <laughs> station for America. Yeah, for sure. So I got bad news for you, Japan. Yeah, here they come. Oh boy. Here they come. <laughs> You're on a piece of land that's <laughs> convenient to Americans. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, but the plan was really just to create like a diplomatic and trade relationship with Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they came up with this like collection of items that they were going to bring. Oh, you yes. Know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like one like, of them um, was a small train, a small railroad train. And I'm like, like, small how? Like, what are we talking? Like a toy? Like or around like, the Christmas like tree whole, small? Like, or is this like, you know, the old guy who has like the dogs that he takes in the little <laughs> barrel train? Yeah. Yeah. That. Is it like that? It's probably yeah. not like that. What was, do you have the list? Do you have the, some of the other uh, Some of the things, yeah. A yeah, small please. railroad train, mm-hmm. a telegraph machine, mm-hmm. uh, farm, some farm machinery. Sure. Um, revolvers. Yeah. And yeah. what I think is the best thing on the list uh-huh. is 100 gallons of Kentucky bourbon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Boy. Oh, ooh. Um, They're like, wait till you get a load of this. Wait till ooh. the revolvers. Mm-hmm. They had cult revolvers. Yeah. And uh, cults like gave them the revolvers for free. Ah, uh, okay. Because yeah. for marketing, marketing. For marketing. And then they had the Morse telegraph machine, but they had to have people be trained how to use it so that they could teach them how to use it. Mm. 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 We caused a storm to happen talking storm, about Miller like, Fillmore. That's the Masons. That's the. <laughs> they already stopped the recording once. <gasps> I'm going to tell you something right now. Okay. The Masons uh-huh. are absolutely. And not only that, but I promise you they have. And I don't care what they say. Come get me. I'll be waiting for you at the corner of. Come alone. Come alone. <laughs> Now that we've dealt with the Masons, mm-hmm. this mission doesn't end up arriving in Japan until 1853. There were just mm-hmm. lots of delays and they had to like get yeah. all the stuff for yeah. this thing. And um, so his presidency's over mm-hmm. and he gets no like glory yeah. for this because they do end up creating like uh, diplomatic and trade relations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was but, a successful mission that Pierce he gets no gets credit all, for. Pierce gets all the credit. Pierce gets all the credit. Way, I just want to say. Mm-hmm. Franklin Pierce looks pretty hot. No, Franklin Pierce is the hottest president. You think so? No, for sure. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe like 
him and like Obama and like JFK. Obama's hot. I feel like the three of JFK them. JFK is only hot in like an Elvis way. Yeah, for sure. Like, but like Obama, for sure. But Franklin yeah. Pierce is like up there. He's, he's like, like hot. He's, he's like, got piercing eyes. He's like actually hot. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, and not like just for the time. I think if he was around now, he'd oh, be no, hot. Oh, no, he could hit yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, he could get it for sure. So uh, there was also like trouble in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cuba's got problems. There's some problems in Cuba. It's a, it's a, it's located in a place that a lot of people would like to have access Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And it's Um, just more manifest destiny, like (sighs) BS, you know, just more like, Hey, well, why don't we just have Cuba? And there were all these like extremist Southerners who were like, yeah, we should totally have Cuba we and should. like there's already enslaved people there. So So good for us. Good for us. Yeah, we Yay for absolutely us. Have. Um let's go take it. Let's go get it. And also they wanted like parts of Central America too. I mean, it's just like Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Take it all. So there was this guy who was actually from Venezuela, Narcisco mm-hmm. Lopez, mm-hmm. Um, and he twice sailed from New Orleans to invade Cuba. Ah. He had been stopped by the Navy once and then okay. stopped by the Spanish Army the other time. Yeah, yeah. And then Fillmore, and he was like, hey, proclamation, y'all. Uh, We're not going to go do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very illegal. You will do be prosecuted. Not, Don't you, do it. We're not going to come save you. We're not doing it. We're not going to save you. So Lopez gathers a, a a group of people, like four hundred people, four hundred people, and is like, "I'm gonna take Cuba, right? Going to Cuba. Yep. I'm going. I'm on my We're way. Going. Try to stop me. Stop. You can't. Fillmore doesn't stop him. Yeah. The Spanish troops take care of them, mm-hmm. like very violently. Yeah. Listen, um, you would have loved Phil- Fillmore to find you because wait till the Spanish do. Yeah. They totally. Yeah. So uh, they kill him. They kill 50 Americans by firing squad. Mm. And they send 160 prisoners to Spain. Mm. Uh, So Fillmore then Mm -hmm. goes, well, guess I got to get these prisoners from Spain. It's like, you just said you weren't going to do that. Well, I know, but he thought that that would be. He thought they'd listen to that, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. He goes, he gets them Mm. um, and then doesn't prosecute them. Yeah. Or their financial backers. He just brings them back to the States. <laughs> yeah, what Meanwhile, mess. he's enforcing the Fugitive Slave oh, Act yeah, that... up and down all mm-hmm. over the country. Mm-hmm. But you know what? What's up? Him and Abigail started the first White House library. So That is true. They did do that. That's There you go. I... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Re-election. Re-election. Fillmore is like there there's act it's actually kind of there's like conflicting evidence whether or not he was like really looking to reelect mm-hmm. or not but regardless um he does end up being up for reelection mm-hmm. uh he the newspapers basically start to endorse him and newspapers yeah. kind of like run elections yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point the machine the machine the newspaper machine the newspaper machine <laughs> it was at the same time that daniel webster also yeah. Runs for president. Oh, good. His secretary of state. He was secretary of state. He's Under like, I know Fillmore. what happens. He's like, I'm also going to run. I'm also going to run. Hmm. So uh, Fillmore, though, doesn't discourage him oh. or say anything. He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. If you must. It's like, okay, well, listen, here's what's going to happen, buddy. Yeah. So they have the uh, convention in 1852. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Fillmore is a candidate. Yeah. So is Webster. Uh Um, and he has Fillmore has strong support in the South and among the know nothing party, which we're going to talk about in the flashcards. We'll come back to that. But all you need to know is a very anti Catholic, Mm -hmm. anti immigrant. Mm -hmm. Um, not good. No. Meanwhile, Northern Whigs are coming together for General Winfield Scott. Oh, old fuss and feathers. (laughs) Old fuss and feathers. Yeah. So at the convention, things don't go well for Fillmore. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite being the incumbent, he Mm -hmm. loses. Uh, Now, what's so stupid about this whole thing uh is the reason he loses is Mm -hmm. because Webster was also running. So their votes were split split among that demographic, which was the same. Yeah. And so Winfield Scott gets the nomination. Yeah. But literally, Fillmore didn't even try to talk to Webster, Mm-mm. didn't try to broker a deal, which That's is that. what anyone with half a brain cell Mm-mm. would do. Too proud. Too proud. Too proud. And so he loses the election because of Webster, yeah. and he's all sore about it, but he Ugh. didn't even try to talk to Webster. Yeah. That's like literally what politics yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you broker a deal. Hey, let's not both run at the convention he's, so I can stay president and you can stay secretary yeah, of state. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, now neither of them wins and they're screwed. They're bo- He's very... But hurt. He wants things to turn out just his way. But you didn't even do the like, basic do the thing. thing. Yeah, no, no, no. To That's like get the nomination. Yeah. He's just a moron. Be, be, be smart. He can't. He lucked into presidency. He lucked into it and then he, he couldn't even do the one thing, yeah. which is just talk to Daniel Webster and be like, hey, <sighs> can we like maybe not. How hard is it to talk to Daniel Webster? I mean, maybe it was really maybe hard. Was, I don't know. But, but the guy was his mentor. Oh, yeah. So, like, they've known each other. Oh. So it's just like, what are we doing, dude? I don't know. I can't. I hope they had a conversation about that later afterwards. Like, dude, what do we do? What do we do I don't think they did. I thought they were just like. Yeah, they can't talk about their feelings. No, they can't. So Pierce wins the presidency and in the general. Lucky for us. We get to study that. We get to study that. This dream boat. A hot dream boat, hot, even though hot. I think Ooh. it's a bad presidency. But you know who else is hot? bad president. Huh? Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Teddy mm-hmm. Roosevelt's hot. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's cute. He's and then, cute. oh boy, you know this, but I'm going to say it. Nixon. Young Nixon. Young Nixon. Oh, baby. Oh, watch out. <laughs> watch out. We don't care about people's policies when it comes to hotness. <laughs> no. Separate the president from the politics that's right. when it comes yeah. to hotness. That's that's what it's all about, baby. Uh, uh, Nixon was also a real pouty guy. A real, like, you hmm. won't have old Dickie Nixon to kick around anymore. I know. What is what up with these, like... Pretty yeah, boys. I know. Yeah. I know. So post-presidency, mm. so he loses. He loses. 1853, he goes back to Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's the first president to return to private life uh-huh. without having acquired, like, independent wealth or, like, oh, having kind no. of, like, an estate. So he's just kind of, yeah. like, needs to learn and he needs to earn a living. Yeah. And so he. He's he, like, I know how to do textiles. <laughs> I learned that. He goes back to his textiles. He goes back to textiles. No. Yeah. He goes, he starts practicing law again. Yeah. Um, He he, he like has to go to the pawn shop where he (laughs) sold the books. To the law. He goes back and gets the 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 law law books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like how. Never get rid of your books. Because the second you do, you're going to want that book. Yes. You needed your law books that you sold. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he practices law in the higher courts Mm -hmm. of New York. Mm -hmm. And, um. He was planning kind of like a tour of the South, uh-huh. uh, but then Abigail 
was very sick. Mm-mm. She got a caught a cold at President Pierce's inauguration. Mm-mm. She develops pneumonia, and then she died in Washington before even uh, getting back to Buffalo. Oh, that's so sad. before they even get back to Buffalo, this yeah. happens. He ends up so he goes when he does go back to Buffalo and practices mm-hmm. law in these higher courts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mourning all this stuff. Yeah. Um. And then his daughter dies of cholera uh, in eighteen fifty four, like geez. a year after that. So he just has like it's hard loses the election. Wife dies, daughter dies. Yeah. He's in mourning, and he ends up having to you know, and he's got to go back and like be a lawyer. Ugh. Yeah, and make a living to live. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. So then in eighteen fifty five, he's like, you know what? I need mm. a trip. A trip. I need a vacation. A vacation will make you feel better. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, get away so, from your. But you know what? Mm-hmm. My very fair. This is what my very first therapist told me. Hmm. She said, "Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> you can run away from your problems, but they will be there when you get there." Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So he takes his problems to England, Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, Turkey, and Egypt. Mm, that's a big old trip. Mm-hmm. He was received by Queen Victoria. Egypt. Yeah. Oh. Gotta see the pyramids. I would. T- yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, for sure. So he received. He's received by Queen Victoria, mm-hmm. who said he was the most handsome man she'd ever seen. Wow! So Hold I on. don't know. Maybe we're not giving him enough credit. Hold him up. You got his book. I do have the book. Yeah, I forgot I what he looks like. Up. Even. Oh pfft, no! Yeah. I don't no. Know. No. 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 Solid five. <laughs> he's he's got a, a jovial face. He's he's not not handsome he's yeah. not ugly no 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 but he's yeah. he's yeah he's queen, got queen victoria's on one queen victoria mm. has a type obviously and it's him mm. he also yes met Ooh. pope pius the fourth oh that's nice wait well. no wait hold on a second here <laughs> he's not a big fan of catholics how did that go he's like over? meeting like the catholic the catholic so he almost canceled the meeting because he was worried he was gonna have to kneel and kiss the pope's hand Ooh. So, but he he was like, listen, but I got a loophole. Yeah. Huh? I'll just stay seated, seated the entire time. Yeah. So that I don't have to do that. Yeah. So he goes and meets the Pope and he just never stands up. Yeah. That's rude. It's rude. But he doesn't care. He, in 1856, he's mm-hmm. back in the States. Mm-hmm. He runs for president again. Um, oh. Which just like, let it go, dude. You didn't even get the nomination. That's so sad. It's so depressing. It, the thing was the Whig party was dying. Mm-hmm. And many were joining the new Republican party. Yeah. Which was set on stopping the spread of slavery in the new territories, mm-hmm. which uh, Fillmore was not. Mm-mm. He didn't. He was still not anti-slavery. Nope. He never became anti-slavery. No, he did not. Yeah. So the American Party, a.k.a. the Mm -hmm. Know-Nothings, they nominate him. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, he he like fully endorsed all their policies and all that. And like, we'll we'll get into like what all that means next episode. But um, he he actually carries 44 percent of the popular vote in the slave states. Um, So, yeah. yeah. But then James Buchanan ends up winning the election. Yeah. Uh, at this time, Fillmore is only 56 years old. Uh, mm. Yeah, so he's he was a little younger when yeah. he became president. Yeah. And now uh, post-presidency, after this last presidential run, um, he's 56 years old. And then he's like, you know what? Mm. Don't really want to keep lawyering. Mm? Do I? Do I? Mm. No. Maybe, maybe I should find a wealthy widow. 
to marry. Ooh, that's so, a good idea. That is a good idea. Uh, so he marries a wealthy widow who's just a few years younger W-W. than him. Her name was Caroline Carmichael McIntosh. McIntosh. Mm-hmm. Her fam of the of the, uh, of the apple of the apple computers. <laughs> no, no, I mean like the type of apple. Yes, yeah, like the type, like of apple. the fruit. Yeah, that's a big money. Mm-hmm. If you're the inventor <laughs> of a type of apple, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is. I don't know if she's from you that know, family. Oh, it's a different. I don't Macintosh. know if the apple has fallen mm, from the tree yeah. quite in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, but he mm-hmm. purchases a large mansion with her oh, and becomes yeah. the chancellor of University of Buffalo. And he's oh, the city's fun. most famous citizen. And he gets to finally have his little glory. That's nice. And um, yeah, he lives in honor and luxury and mm. all of that. And you know, he's got this rich widow, and he had this like. Prenup- prenuptial agreement with her where wow. <laughs> I know he's like totally like scheming so this prenuptial agreement stated that upon her death he would mm-hmm. receive the entire estate but if he died first she would only receive a third of his money Ooh. Um, and so yeah where's that other th- his, he had a his son, son that was still living I believe. Yeah, yeah he had a girl and a boy we haven't heard yeah. much about the boy there's not a ton on them. Yeah. 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 It's not, there's not really a trail to follow there. Okay. Like with many things. Like there's not yeah. much to know about Abigail or this woman, apparently. Yeah. Oh. We so, know her na- oh, yeah. We knew her name. We knew her name. Macintosh. Um, so then the Civil War begins and uh. he's like, oh, hey, listen, I'm going to raise some money for these wounded soldiers for sure, for sure. Okay. I love my country. Which soldiers? Mm hmm. Unions? No, in the North. In the North. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. But then by 1863, he's just kind of like over the war. He's just like, yeah. okay, are we done? Because like, I feel like it's going on too long. This has been, yeah. It's like, you started this kind of, dude. You had everything to do with this You war. had, you definitely had a hand in this. Yeah, 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 okay? yeah, yeah. So he denounces the war effort, oh. saying that it's like, oh, you know, the debt from the war. Uh-huh. It's like, dude, just read the room. Read. No, read the room. No, he's he can't read a room. He empties it. He <laughs> he fires everyone. He in fires the room. everyone. He clears the cabinet. Clears the cabinet. So uh, <sighs> a lot of people didn't forget or forgive the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. Uh-huh. And when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in 1865, uh-huh. um, Fillmore's opulent home gets covered in black paint Ooh. by people. Uh, because he hadn't put up mourning curtains. But oh. plot twist, uh-huh. he was just out of town. But people were like, this guy, wow. we don't like him. We don't like him. He sucks. Oh, so they painted his house black. Yeah. as Because like, he didn't have the curtains up. Because he didn't show proper respect for yeah. Lincoln. But really, he was but just it, out of town. He was just yeah. out of town. But he's. <laughs> but he deserved it. Uh, isn't that just the way, you know, someone's a jerk all the time. And the one time you punish them, they it was actually they weren't being a jerk that time. <laughs> Hate that. Yeah, Hate exactly. That. Hate that. So after the war, he just continues being the most important guy in Buffalo. Yeah. And then takes another trip to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, dies in 1874. Just wow. pretty natural causes. Nothing, yeah. nothing of note. Um, yeah. And yeah, his his wife, Caroline, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, she only gets a third of his. He dies first. Yeah, he dies first. So, okay. you know, he doesn't get to cash in on the fortune. Mm. But um, he she becomes Ooh. senile. 
Oh, no. Yeah, and dies seven years later oh. and gets buried next to Filmer's first wife, Abigail, oh. uh, and his daughter. So that's Millard Fillmore. That's Millard Fillmore for you. Uh, and there's only one more really important thing to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. The one thing we do know about him is his astrological mm-hmm. sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Millard Fillmore was born January 7th, which makes him a Capricorn. Okay. Okay. People born on this date have a sensitive, vulnerable quality that endears them to others. They have a strong spiritual nature as well as a social conscience. They are likely to experience a conflict between inner life needs and external responsibilities. This has the potential to create a powerful dichotomy requiring soul searching and introspection. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, those are not qualities that we saw, although he was no. very sensitive. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say based on that, yeah. astrology is not real. Uh, just based uh, on that, uh, that. I think it's over. Now it's over? It was on last time. It was on last time. Now, now it's, it's over. It's over now. I make a judgment call based you, on only you this. make that judgment call. I do. Oh. Even though I was looking at my own astrology chart last night. Were you? Oh, yeah. Well, well okay, Millard Fillmore. Capricorn. Capricorn, allegedly. I have Capricorns in my life that I love very much. Yeah. But he's will, not one of them. I will say Capricorns do have a reputation for being kind of difficult. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just saying. That's, all right. Well, yeah. I guess the Capricorns are coming for us in the emails. Well, as long as the Capricorns aren't Masons. Because <laughs> that is when I know. Because I feel like the thing about Masons is, is that. And on that note. Let's just say. This has been, pardon me, a presidential history podcast. Yeah. yeah. Tap, tap, tap. That's me masoning. <laughs> <laughs>